Hey, buddy. What? I think you and I should make like our own uh, 1950s style black and white series. Uh, why? Of, like a father and son, but instead of like a podcast, we could like have a radio station or something. Because, you know, podcasts didn't exist back then. And maybe we can call it uh, Diego Shaw. No. You're so mean. Welcome to Diego Schwa. My name. Oh, sorry. Wait. Uh, welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Diego. And my name is Joshua. Not to be confused with Diego Schwa. I'm telling you, it's going to become a thing, man. No, it's not. I mean, imagine it's a, it's a YouTube channel, and each episode uh, is each video is like an episode of a sitcom, and it's just a father and son, and we have a radio station. We're not doing this. Are you so whack? No, I'm not. Anyway, today we're going to be chatting about the first two episodes of WandaVision. Yep. I think that uh, we should probably give a spoiler warning pretty early into the episode because I don't think uh, it's worth discussing this without spoilers because they're pretty short episodes. Yeah. So, Joshua, hit that spoiler button. Spoiler All right, so you have been uh, spoiler warned for WandaVision episodes one and two, uh, which are currently available on Disney Plus. So, you know, like, go watch them. Why haven't you seen them yet? Yeah, you probably should watch them. This is worthwhile. Yeah. Now let's talk about why. So, uh, overall, buddy, what did you think of uh, the first two episodes? What, what did you think of episode one? Let's start off with episode one, then we'll go on a commercial break, and then we'll uh, finish off with episode two. It was perfecto. <laughs> I gotta be honest, man. I was kind of wondering if you were gonna like it or not. Really? Yeah, because of the whole black and white thing. Like the the first episode really did, uh, like prolong the whole you know black and white sitcom Dick Van Dyke show style pretty what is long Dick through Van the episode. Dyke? Dick Van Dyke was uh, uh the name of a show and also the name of a guy who starred in the show uh back in the nineteen what was it fifties. And it was, it's been one of the most successful, like, you know, old school sitcoms. Mm. It was great. That dude's great, too. Like, he acts, he sings, he writes very well. He's fantastic. Ooh. Anyway, um, throughout most of the episode, it really stuck to that whole sitcom style. Mm-hmm. And we saw uh, all the, like, little funny comedy uh, style from 1950s sitcoms. Yeah. Um, Basically, we, we get introduced, like we get dropped right into, well, actually, before the intro to the sitcom, we see the marvelous fanfare, the marble fanfare of the Marvel Studios logo. Yeah, and um, instead of a Iron Man thing, it shows a gray. Like... You know what? I realized later, uh, glancing through the episode again, that it actually wasn't a gray Iron Man, is that every hero started off in color and turned gray. Oh, wait. Yeah. But I thought that, I, I'm pretty sure that suit started off gray. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe because he, you know, he's dead. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Our Lord and Savior, Tony Stark. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, it starts off with the fanfare, and they replace now a lot of the imagery that, that shows in the si- on the sides of the letters and stuff. They replaced yeah, it they for replaced Endgame. it with, like, new stuff yeah. that happened, and um, not just the... Old stuff that was back around when I was a child. Yeah. It was pretty great. And they actually um, start compressing the screen ratio <laughs> to be like the old older TV uh, screen ratio. Yeah, I didn't really like that. Oh, come on. Get over it. 
uh, transporting you back in time. Now you know how we used to do it back then. I'm talking like if I actually lived in the 1950s. Yeah, you lived in like the 1990s. Exactly. But I did watch all the old sitcoms when I got to the United States because I became obsessed with Nick at Night. Good, sir. Uh, so I could speak with authority. What is Nick at Night? Nick at Night was what happened to Nickelodeon when it got dark. It transformed into a black and white channel. Oh, black and white? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It was all like old school black and white series. <laughs> it was fantastic. I used to like, you know, spend hours glued to Nick at Night just watching those old shows. So yeah, uh, it starts off after the Marvel fanfare. Um, the logo turns to black and white. And then we get dropped into what is essentially the opener, like the uh, opening credits Yeah. for uh, the sitcom. And they're arriving. They're like freshly just just got married. They get out of the car. Vision walks her in, and like he phases through the door, and then she falls. Yeah. Very gently, she falls. Yeah, she's like, ooh. Yeah. Ow. <clears throat> and when the episode begins, it's basically the morning time, and they're just kind of like doing. Uh, they're about to do a breakfast routine. Uh, Wanda is like floating dishes around, and she hits uh, Vision with one of them on the head, and she's like, "Oh, my husband has indestructible head," mm-hmm. which is terribly cruel. Yeah. Why is it cruel? Because, like, she, like, hit him in the head with the plate? No, man, because his head got crushed by Thanos in Infinity oh, yeah. War. That's why it's cruel. It's, like, poking a joke. Yeah. Making a joke at the thing. At the thing. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, then as the episode continues, um, we see that there's this weird heart drawn on the calendar. Yeah. And uh, neither of them really know <clears throat> what it's about. Yeah, Wanda thinks it might be their anniversary and um and Vision. Well, not even yet. Like, they're so lost that they don't even, they have no clue what it could possibly be. They don't even think about an anniversary. Yeah, at least not yet. Yeah, because think about it. They're not even really married, right? Like, they're, they just, it, you start getting this sense that they were just kind of dropped into this reality and they have no idea what came before. Yeah. And the rest of the episode reinforces that, too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they each like pretend like they know what the heart means on the calendar, and so the rest of the episode or the the next few scenes of the episode are essentially like bringing about the real reason why that heart is there. Yeah. Um. So we cut to uh Wanda who gets a visit from her neighbor Agnes, mm-hmm. and Agnes of course is supposed to be the nosy neighbor. She walks in and she's asking, "So where are you from? Where'd you come from? What's a single gal doing like you here? Why don't you have any kids yet? Kids, kids, kids." <laughs> and um, you know, she starts. Wanda starts to try to like justify, like, "No, no, wait. I am married. Of course, I'm married. I'm very married to a very human person, or whatever." Yeah. Um, and the conversation ensues. These two women are like slowly trying to get to know each other, and then she says that uh, it's Agnes, the one that says, "Could it be your anniversary?" Yeah. And interesting, because you would figure, well, could it be a birthday, you know, mm-hmm. someone's birthday or something like that? But immediately you go to, could it be the anniversary? I think, um, I think like when I saw that heart, I I just immediately thought, no, it's her anniversary. You did think that? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. If you know that it's a heart, yeah, that's true. A heart would kind of make you think that it's something related to love, relationship, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, anniversary would be the, the more logical one, I suppose. But the interesting thing is how um, Agnes, she just starts kind of like putting into her head the romantic side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she starts telling him, oh, I read this article in Glamour magazine, you know, that talks about, you know, how to keep your husband happy or whatever. And she starts really drilling this point home of... 
uh, romanticism and are they married and where's the ring and why don't they have kids yet? On the side of Vision, we see him going to his job and he's working at some place called Computational. What is it? Computational Services. More generic name you could not find. Yeah. Uh, and like Vision is lost. He doesn't understand what they actually do there. And he starts asking his coworker, like, so what is it that we do? And he's like, oh, computational forms. And he's like, yeah, but are we selling something? Do we make something? What are the forms meant to do? And he says, well, it's, you know, I don't think he gives him an answer. He doesn't really. Yeah. So clearly Vision is going through these motions. He knows he's supposed to go to work, but he doesn't know exactly what it is they do there. Uh, Eventually his boss comes out and this is where we first realize what the heart really meant. His Mm -hmm. boss is called Mr. Heart. And, um... It was the day that he was supposed to come. To yeah, that he was supposed to go visit uh, Vision and Wanda at home and uh, just for like a dinner, right? To get to know him. There's a possible promotion that could happen for him yeah. if he impresses the boss. So then Vision, of course, freaks out and he calls Wanda and he tries to tell her, like, listen, you know, I finally know what it's about. And then Wanda says, like, yeah, I know, too, because she now thinks is convinced that it's uh, the anniversary. Yeah. And so they have this conversation where essentially both of them think that they know what it is, but they are on completely different pages. Yeah. But they're happy, thinking that the other person knows what it is. And so when Vision finally arrives home, she has this romantic setting already with, like, candles and stuff. Yeah. And she's wearing, like, you know, a a little cute negligee-type dress and... (laughs) She comes and she puts her hand behind Mr. Hart, thinking that it's vision mm-hmm. behind his eyes. And, of course, now the chaos ensues. Like, what the heck? What's the meaning of this? You know, Mr. Hart says. And then now vision goes into this mode of, like, trying to fix a situation. Wanda, like, of course. oh, it's a very Sokovian greeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I-, I was actually pretty happy that they uh, brought out the Sokovia thing. Um, they kept mentioning it like, oh yeah, my wife is European. That's why she's weird. Yeah. Uh, she goes into the kitchen and she tries to, you know, start making a meal because she realizes now that they're expecting a home cooked meal. Mm -hmm. Uh, and very important. She snaps her fingers and she transforms this, you know, cutesy dress into like a normal dress. Mm -hmm. And then you would think if she's able to just materialize a dress out of nowhere, couldn't she have just materialized the food out of nowhere? Yeah. But instead, what has to happen for the food to to even become a thing? Agnes has to pay another visit. Yeah. So Agnes comes in to save the day with all the ingredients. Again, I really think that Wanda would have just been capable of snapping her fingers and making it happen. But for some reason, she didn't do it. Why didn't she do it? I actually, like, I never realized how weird that was. Right? Because she was never able to do it, even though she could just, like, materialize just out of nowhere. Yeah, even with the rings at the end of the episode, she materializes rings out of nowhere. Like, she can clearly have created an entire feast, and she didn't. And that's a very important point. Yeah. Why would she limit her powers? Why would she limit her abilities if she knows that she could just solve the problem. It's like she wanted to stay inside of that awkward situation. And she wanted to stay inside of the funny sitcom situation. Yeah. So anyway, she finally kicks Agnes out and tries to start cooking everything. She's using her powers to like levitate all the ingredients and all the pots and pans and things. Um, nutshell, there is no food that ends up being cooked. Cause she messes up and like she overcooks the chicken and then she turns the chicken into eggs. Yeah. Which, again, just goes to show you that she could have just materialized the meal, but okay. 
Um, eventually, she ends up cooking breakfast. Mm-hmm. And she serves the breakfast, and outside, Vision is trying to, like, entertain his boss and her and his wife. Yeah. So finally, they sit down to eat breakfast. And this is the first time in the entire episode. Up until this point, really, you feel, I felt like I was watching an episode of Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> like, I really did re- recall, like, I thought back to those uh, all those episodes that I used to watch of, of that show. And it felt exactly like that. The funny husband who's always in some kind of quirky situation and he's trying to solve things and the cutesy wife who's like, you know, doesn't know what's going on or whatever. Um, And suddenly at the dinner table, when they're starting, when when they're about to start eating, the boss and the wife start asking them questions. So where did you guys come from? Where did you move from? And like, why don't you have children again? Yeah. Then comes back again the question, why don't you have children? For the children. What's the story? They keep asking, what's the story? What's your story? What's your story? And then Wanda and Vision are kind of staring at each other and they realize they have no backstory to tell. Yeah. They they don't have any made-up story that fits into this world. They do have a backstory, but of course they're not going to say, well, I'm an android that was created by a you know uh, another android that was about to destroy the Earth and she was experimented on and she got ability. Like, they, they can't tell that story, right? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Vision wasn't created by an android? Yeah, he was essentially created by, um, by. Oh yeah, as the as another body for him. Yeah, that was gonna be his final form. Like no, cell. but I don't think, um, I don't think they knew that. Who? I don't think that. Um, I think that they don't that they didn't remember like anything from the actual MCU universe. Are you sure? I wouldn't think so. At least you might. I mean, people have different opinions, but okay. Well. You no, actually, you make a good point. Because if they did under, if, all right, if they did remember everything from the events of the Infinity Saga, mm-hmm. from when they entered the Infinity Saga, then that means that they would have had to address how Vision is back. Yeah, and that's never addressed, right? Mm-hmm. So either they already addressed that off camera, and they're trying to live their lives within this reality, or Vision wasn't back. Until the very moment when this quote unquote sitcom began. Yeah. So that's a good point. You know, maybe they don't remember even their real backstory. They do know that they're weird. Yeah. <laughs> like they clearly know that he's an android. They clearly know that he doesn't eat. They know that they have abilities. They know that he can phase. They know mm-hmm. that they know a lot of what, how different they are. And that is the whole point of the sitcom thing that they're trying to fit in, especially in episode two. Yeah. But the point is that uh, at this table, suddenly the entire mood of the episode shifts. Even the camera style becomes more realistic. It becomes a lot more realistic. The contrast between lights and darks in the shot gets more dramatic. Suddenly the camera is showing angles that old sitcoms did not show. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, slowly zooming in on her face and on his face and there's tension. The music changes. And then as the as the boss keeps on saying, what's your story? What's your story? And he's banging. He's banging on the table. Mm -hmm. He's like uh, mad about them not being able to tell the story. Then suddenly he starts choking. Mm-hmm. And clearly he has something stuck in his throat. Yeah. And then the wife, his wife, starts saying, um, oh, honey, stop it. Sweetheart, stop it. Mm-hmm. And she starts repeating it more and more frequently. Stop it, stop it, stop it. The guys there choking, Wanda and Vision are like, they have these like shock stares. They mm-hmm. don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah. And like suddenly 
the lady stops saying stop it to the guy and she starts saying it to Wanda. Like she's now looking at Wanda. Yeah. And she's telling her, stop it, stop it. And the lady, the look on the lady's face is a look of terror. Yeah. Like, she's freaked out. Mm-hmm. And she's either telling Wanda, stop it, as in, you're doing this to him, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Or like, stop it stop as Like, stop him in, from choking. Yeah, like you have the power to stop him from choking, please stop him from choking. Yeah. And it's at that moment that Wanda finally looks at Vision and he says, Vision, help him. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you something there. What? Why why hadn't Vision helped him? Maybe he, like, he didn't want to show them his powers. You think so? Because obviously, I'm pretty sure that they saw what Vision did. Like, literally phasing into the dude's throat. Yes, for sure. So, what was Vision waiting for? Why does he I act? Think... Why does he act when Wanda tells him to act? Why didn't he act before, even though a person's life was at stake? Like, th- keep this in mind. These two people are supposed to be heroes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if Vision has this heroic instinct, why wouldn't he choose to help this guy in some way? Even, dude, dude like, he doesn't have to phase his freaking hand in his throat. Do the Heimlich maneuver. What is that? Like, when you go from behind a person and you put your, your, your hands mm. over the stomach area and you push so that the person spits out whatever they have stuck in their throat. Yeah. Like, it, you don't have to do magic stuff or po- super-powered stuff to, to save the life. You, tr- you can try to help them not choke. But it almost seems, buddy, like Vision couldn't act until Wanda gave him permission. Yeah. That's like, that's like the impression that I got from that. It's almost like Wanda had to give him the command to go and act. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting to me because it just paints this picture like if Wanda has this weird control over the situation, which is also reinforced in the second episode. Then maybe she's doing this. Right. Was she the one that was causing this guy to choke because he was questioning their backstory and he was putting pressure on her and she doesn't want she didn't want him to ruin the fantasy? Mm-hmm. You know? Um And we'll get into our theories later on of what what could possibly be going on. I'm curious to see what you think. Because I've definitely been thinking about it in the days since we watched the episodes. Um, But anyway, suddenly uh, the guy falls. Vision, once Wanda tells him to, he goes down and he phases his hand Matrix style. (laughs) Like Neo did to Trinity in uh, Revolutions, I think it was. And he pulls out whatever it was that was stuck in his throat. Which to me looked like the chocolate covered strawberry. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yeah. When when Vision first got there with his boss and, and his wife, um, she had she didn't have any food prepared. She only had a few chocolate covered strawberries. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seemed like that is what Vision pulled out of his throat. Yeah, it looked like a chocolate covered strawberry. Which <laughs> makes me wonder, what the heck? What the heck happened? Like, did Wanda materialize this chocolate covered strawberry in this guy's throat to choke him to stop him? Well, from... I mean, maybe, maybe. She just, like, okay, I'm taking the, like, least weird path. Okay, what do you think it is? Which is, maybe he, maybe he just, like, ate one. Mm Mm-hmm. And then So, like, maybe, maybe she served it with the breakfast? Remember, it was breakfast food. Yeah, and then maybe he ate one, and then, he like, he started choking, but, um... But maybe it was like it was he was digesting it normally, but then maybe Wanda like made it 
go back and choke him. Okay, but when you eat a strawberry, do you swallow a strawberry whole? No. And when Vision pulled it out of his throat, it was whole. It was whole. whole. <laughs> you know? That's what makes me pause. Like, what? Did she do this? Anyway, that was a very sinister scene. But as soon as the guy's no longer choking... Mr. He, sinister. He gets up. Yeah. And then suddenly, like he the just vibe says, well, look at the time. And they're both super happy. Yeah, the vibe is back. It's not like Back weird... to the 1956 comic Yeah, book. no no weird realistic camera angles. Yep. Back, to, back to the 50s, back to black and white and everything. Yep. Yeah. And suddenly, they're getting up like if they had just eaten the meal. They didn't even eat. Yeah. And they're getting up, and they seem super happy and satisfied. Thank you guys so much for everything, blah, 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 blah. Hey, we'll talk about that promotion on Monday, Vision. Mm-hmm. And they walk out like if everything went great. Nothing about that night went great. So, like, what do you think is up with that? Why would they just get up like that? It's almost like if what that choking moment reset things. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly everyone went back to being hunky-dory. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just seems so weird. Then um, we see Wanda and Vision kind of like, you know, ah, like decompress, you know, after the craziness of yeah. that dinner. And they're sitting on the couch, and then Wanda says something like, you know, we really are an unusual couple, aren't we? Yeah. And then Vision says, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, and she said something like, I thought it was our anniversary. And then he said, well, it could be our anniversary. And then um, she says, they say something about, like, let's create our backstory. So what's our favorite song? And they say a song that Vision was singing, I think, mm-hmm. um, at one point in the funny scene. And then, you know, we don't have any wedding rings. Oh, we could do something about that. So Wanda just, bing, you know. <laughs> Magically materializes the wedding rings. And then they kiss or something. And then suddenly the screen starts to be contained within a hexagon. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, a hexagon. It's like the ending to a sitcom. Yeah, but the choice of a hexagon becomes very interesting once we and get to, I pointed to episode it out. Two. You did point it out, yeah. Because um, what, I, what I pointed out is that it's the same shape as the interdimensional travel. That that's right. That um was seen in Captain Marvel and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. Yeah, the 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 that what happens when like they're going? It's I don't know if it's hyperspeed that they go, but and it's interesting that that technology was actually um I think it was like discovered during the events of Captain Marvel. Mm. Wasn't it like that? I remember thinking when I watched Captain Marvel, I'm like, oh snap! This is when actually when this thing actually became a thing. Mm, yeah. And that was the first time that we saw that travel through those, like, little hexagon-shaped windows. I actually have some theories about the hexagon thing. Do you? Yeah, I'll get into it in the theories. Okay, cool. Um, and so, yeah, so it it ends up with them there, and then we start seeing the screen pan out, and now we're suddenly in the real world. And, the, and we saw that <laughs> that entire episode... Was inside of a little, um, little old-fashioned TV yeah. back in my day. An old-fashioned TV surrounded by a lot of modern-day tech mm-hmm. with, a, a, a sh- uh, not a shield, but a um, sword logo. Yeah. And somebody. Somebody watching that looked like female hands. Yeah, writing down notes. Mm-hmm, on, and a little I, sh- on a little sword notebook. Mm-hmm, and I sword think, is very well-branded. They have their logo everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they have it. On um, they have it on a notebook. They have it on a 
computer thing. A little helicopter and some other stuff that we'll see in, uh, that we saw in episode two. Yeah, and I actually think that this person might be Maria Hill. Oh, you think so? Yeah, because I think that um, with Nick Fury up in whatever space. The scroll spaceship? Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that Maria Hill might be the new leader of S.W.O.R.D. Hmm. But S.W.O.R.D. deals with outer space threats. So? So wouldn't wouldn't Nick still be the one in charge, even if he's out there? Call him Fury. Nobody calls him Nick. You're right, not even his mother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, maybe it could be, right? Somebody like Maria Hill could be like the the one in charge here on Earth. He's in charge in space, whatever, you know, something like that. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But um, what feeling did the first episode leave you with? I'm curious. Um, Honestly... Honestly? Yeah. I was scared. Really? Because of that choking scene. It was freaky, right? Like, I was actually scared. It was so freaky, man. Like, even thinking about it now, I'm, like, looking around, like, on <laughs> my back. Like, I was yeah. actually scared. Then, I, I feel like it did its job then, because that scene was definitely meant to, like, disturb us, you know? Yeah. As the audience. I agree, man. It was it was definitely, definitely disturbing. And things get a little bit more disturbing when we get into episode two. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about episode two. And then we'll talk about some general theories of what we think is you know happening in this world. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's me, Joshua, back with another update on the Audible Library. You know that Minecraft spinoff game? You know, Minecraft Dungeons? Well, there's an audiobook of it. It's called Minecraft Dungeons, The Rise of the Archillager. The game adds a role-playing perspective. That makes the audiobook cool because the audiobook is recorded by lots of different people. You can check out Minecraft Dungeons, The Rise of the Archillager by going to audibletrial.com G101. You'll get your first book free, and if you decide to stick around, it would really help the show. That's audibletrial.com slash G101. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we're back from a commercial break. Yes, we are. And we're ready to talk about episode two. Yeah. Now, episode two, um, how does it begin? Oh, yeah. Episode two begins with a very bewitched intro, intro. Yeah, with like Wanda, since Wanda is a witch. That's right. And Vision. Um, and they're like little cartoon form. Yeah. Riding around. <laughs> yeah, and we actually I actually paused the episode and we went over to YouTube so I could show you the bewitched intro. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's incredibly yeah. similar. Yeah, totally pulling pulling from that. Uh we're still in black and white. Mm-hmm. But things are things look a little bit more advanced now. I didn't really now, see that. Really didn't see a difference? No. I saw the difference in the hairstyles. I saw the difference in the quality. It seemed less like grainy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what else? Let me see. I think the clothing was a little bit different. Yeah, but it's like a decade of difference. It's not like you know a tremendous amount of time. But yeah, so this this episode is now being styled according to what you would have seen in like the nineteen sixties um, for a bewitched episode. Yeah. And um, after the cartoon intro, and the cartoon intro, by the way, like you see Wanda and Vision kind of flying. The title comes up on the screen. Wanda Vision. And Wanda, then Wanda Vision. another hexagon appears. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's, I think it's the moon, and there's some stars around it, and six stars. Wait, six? Yeah, it was yeah. six. Yeah, six stars, or however many stars are, are like, highlighted to create the shape of a hexagon. Yeah. So we have another hexagon making an appearance. Then they get home, Vision wakes up or something, and he, like, you know, phases through getting ready for work through different walls and stuff. Um, and it does a very catchy intro song. It does, yeah. One division, division one, one, one division, division, one division. Um... A couple of interesting things when uh, Vision is phasing through the walls and the and the like the ceilings and stuff of the house, you see in the in between of the floors, mm-hmm. uh, you see a whole bunch of stuff like a skeleton and some other stuff, and you see this helmet that you know some people are saying belongs to the what was the character that they mentioned? Uh not Nightmare, or was it Nightmare? Mephisto. No, no, not Mephisto. Um, oh, that I mentioned. No, someone has mentioned in some of the uh, reactions that I've seen. Mr. Sinister? Uh, no, no, no. Um, I forget. But anyway, it's a comic book character that has had stuff to do with uh, Wanda and Vision, so I was curious that that was there. Oh, yeah. Um, um, we forgot to mention the ads. Oh, the, the ads. The one ad. That yeah. was in the first episode. Well, when we get let's get let's let's get through uh, the first parts of the episode, and then we'll talk about both ads. Yeah, because both ads are are definitely interesting. Um, so then, uh, the show begins. This episode begins with Wanda and Vision kind of like rehearsing for a magic show that they're gonna do, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be a fundraising magic show, and they are going to be. Uh, bringing out this cabinet and Vision is going to put Wanda inside of it and like she's going to disappear or whatever. But Wanda's very obsessed with not actually doing magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's being completely deliberate with like, we have to make this look fake. Yeah. Which is really, you know, interesting, this obsession that she has mm-hmm. with nobody, you know, discovering. We're like trying to be as normal as possible. Yeah. And I feel like this episode is very much about that. It's about how can we fit in as mm-hmm. best as possible. Then Oh yeah, this um, episode is all about for the children. Yes. <laughs> we hear that uh several times. Many times. For the children, for the children. Oh yeah. Um oh yeah, so we have actually the what opens up the episode is uh, the scene in, in in when they're in the bedroom at mm-hmm. night sleeping and suddenly you hear this banging that's happening outside. Yeah. And then Wanda kind of like wakes up all scared and then she turns on the light to see if anything's happening, turns it off. The banging continues. She turns on the light again and then Vision wakes up and he's like, darling, are you using your magic powers to turn off the light? Turn on the light? And, you know, she's like, yes. And, you know, he turns it on for her. Anyway, so he looks outside the window. There's nothing happening. Then they finally see that it's like supposedly branches hitting. But mm-hmm. it was a very loud thud. Yeah. Several thuds. Like branches don't make that noise. Yeah. So um, anyway... Uh, when they finish rehearsing for the magic show, they say that uh, Vision says that because of all those weird disturbances at night, he's going to go to a meeting of the neighborhood watch yeah. that the men are having in the library. And then Wanda says that she's going to go to some other meeting with. Oh, no, she doesn't say where she's going. Actually, she walks outside because she hears another thud. Yeah. And when she walks outside, she goes over to the bushes. And this is still the show's still in black and white. But suddenly in the bushes is a helicopter which is colored tiny helicopter yeah which is red 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 and like yellow i think oh yeah i'm pretty sure that um there are two um red things in this episode yeah there are yeah 
There was actually one little red thing in episode one, too. Really? Mm-hmm. The toaster. Light. That was interesting. The toaster? Yeah. The color red keeps on coming through. It's really mm. interesting. Maybe um, because, like, um, Vision is red and, like, Wanda's hair is red. Or Wanda's suit is red. And, Wanda's like, magic is red. Yeah. Her suit and her magic. Like, Wanda's color is red. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so then, uh, as she's looking at this helicopter, which is also branded, shout out to, you know, the, uh, shield, uh, not shield, uh, sword, sword branding department. Yeah. Those guys are like on point. They're like, we need a logo on everything. I, but what about a pen? Yes. We need it on that. Too. Um, we need a logo on, we need a tattoo of the logo on our wrist. Yes. We need it. <laughs> uh, then suddenly comes Agnes, the mm-hmm. nosy neighbor, holding a rabbit. A rabbit. And she says, oh, look, it's the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very Truman Show-like. Have you ever seen the Truman Show, buddy? No. Oh, I got to show you that movie, man. What's the Truman Show? It is... I'll, I'm not going to tell you. Let's watch it. What? Trust me, you'll like it. Okay. All right, anyway, so uh, she gets interrupted by Agnes. Agnes uh, says that they need to go... Oh, she's handing her the rabbit for her magic act. Oh, Yeah. And um, she tells her that um, they need to go to a meeting of some women who are like, like, putting together the event, like the talent show. Yeah, with a woman named Dottie. Yeah, and Dottie is in charge. And she keeps on hyping up Dottie, like, you know, Dottie's the one that we got to, you know, like, please or whatever, blah, blah, blah. She's connected to everything. And um, then uh, while Wanda's going to get ready to put the rabbit inside... This scene, I'm still wondering what the heck is up with this scene, man, when the when the mailman comes around. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that weird? It was. Mailman comes around, and she's like, oh, pew, pew, pew. Like, she does little hand little She's like, put hand your hands pistols. up. And she's like, no. And the mailman's he's like, like, no. Don't shoot. I'm just a mailman. And then yeah. she's like, pew, 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 pew. Just a messenger, he said, actually. Oh, yeah, I'm just a, which could be, okay, let's get into that in the series. Okay, okay. But, yeah, that was really interesting. And then, like, as he's walking away, she kind of looks at his, at his butt or whatever. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason. Wait, what? <laughs> she did. Really? Uh, yeah. So, like, that that was really interesting. Um, he didn't even put mail in their mailbox. Did you yeah. notice that? I'm pretty sure he just, like, went and, like, walked. I think... Uh, it's, I'm, like, I'm hurting right now because I'm I'm, like, itching not to... To talk about my theories. <laughs> no, talk, talk. Go for it. Okay. Um, he, like, he was just walking mm-hmm. as if maybe he was a secret agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. inside that bubble. Right. And maybe um, he wasn't delivering mail to anybody. For, uh, for S.W.O.R.D., you mean? Yeah. Okay. And um, maybe he wasn't delivering mail to every to anybody and he was just walking around the neighborhood waiting to walk around to Wanda's house to see what was happening there. Hmm. So you think he might be like a spy from Sword basically? Yeah. I also think somebody else is a spy from Sword. You think so? Yeah. But hmm. we haven't met her yet. My my I guess my question here is why does Agnes react that way? Because it's almost like she's playfully telling him like I'm looking at I'm like I got my eye on you, mm-hmm. you know? Why Why would she do that? Does she then know that this is a spy? If he is a spy, if she's aware, and if she has an awareness that, that, that Wanda doesn't have, that Wanda and Vision don't have of what's going on, does this mean that she knows who this guy is, but she can't do anything about it? Or does it mean, I don't know, it's just like a really weird thing where 
I feel like if she knew that he was a spy and that's why she did that, maybe she would just do something about it and get rid of the guy. Yeah. But none of that happens. And then another thing that, that stuck out to me is that since in this episode we get the, the devil mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like the devil's in the details. Uh, yeah. Mephisto! Um, you know, yeah, with that whole thought of is Mephisto involved in this whole thing, I I couldn't help but, you know, pay attention to the wording that the mailman used. Like, don't shoot, I'm just a messenger. Mm-hmm. Angels are, in the Bible, they're supposed to be like messengers of God. Mm. Right, like that's one of the primary functions of angels. They deliver messages from God to men. Mm. And so that made me kind of wonder, like, ooh, could this be like either literally some kind of angel figure or could it just be, you know, that he is infiltrating as a messenger from the good guys, mm-hmm. you know, to bring a messenger to, you know, to want a message to Wanda and Vision. But he has to get him alone or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that, 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 that gave me a little bit of something to wonder, uh, wonder about. Um, moving forward, we see her, uh, Wanda and Agatha and Agnes <laughs> arriving at this meeting with Dottie. Yeah. Very, you know, clean cut lady. Um, she's running that meeting with like an iron fist. Yeah. Um, she is criticizing one of the women for not doing a thorough job. And she says, you know, the devil's in the details, whatever, whoever. And that's when uh, Agnes turns to uh, Wanda and she tells her, like, he's that's not, not the, only the only place, place he is. Yeah, which, what? Also, we meet somebody supposedly called Geraldine. Oh, yeah, right. Geraldine, which... Is Monica Rambeau. We know is Monica Rambeau. And she clearly faked that name. Yeah. But... Yeah, she literally stuttered. <clears throat> she was like, she did. I'm a Geraldine. Yeah, however, however, if you notice... If you're a secret agent and you're, let's say that Monica Rambeau is infiltrated in this reality, right? Which is what I believe. But if you're a secret agent and you know what you're doing and you walk in there with an agenda and with a plan. Then you would know what name you would exactly. want. Exactly. You know what alias you're going to give. But also, I'm I'm concerned, like, why wouldn't she, well, if, why wouldn't she just tell her own name? Because I'm pretty sure that Wanda, yeah, Wanda's never met anybody like, remotely close to Monica Rambeau. She hasn't that we know of, no. Here's here's a, here's a conclusion that I'm starting to arrive at. Whatever this reality is, when you enter it, you almost forget who you are. Like the... But there's something that compels you to play along with the, with the, what the story that's happening in there. Like the... What's it called? Assassin's Creed thing? What do you mean? The Animus? Yeah. Like, you sure. don't... When you go into the Animus, like, you, you're you not aware of, like, you're... For all you know, you're, like... If you're Desmond, then if you go into the Animus, for all you know, you're, um, you're Altair. Right. Yeah, yeah. You kind of get lost in that reality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something along those lines. But also... There's almost like an, like an element of like, okay, I'm here. I don't know who I am, but I have to fit in. I have to fit in. Like, I have to make this work. It's almost like if you're being forced to comply somehow. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you're suddenly, if you are Monica Rambeau, you walk in, you lost complete notion of who you are, but there's something pushing you to play along with this game. And when someone asks you your name, you have to come up with a name. Mm-hmm. You have to say something because you feel something forcing you to do it. Yeah. 
here's let's let's get to the end of the episode so we can talk about that final scene okay. and then I'll, I'll give you my my full theory on somehow what could be happening with that okay. in that sense anyway so <clears throat> we get this weird scene that happens mm-hmm. where uh Wanda stays after everybody else leaves and it's just her and Dottie mm-hmm. and Wanda's cleaning up mm-hmm. and then um and then Dottie's, like, talking to Wanda, and she's like, you're a weird one, or something like that. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> and then there's a radio, which is colored. Yeah. And it's red. Yes, it is. But also... Wait, is the radio colored? Yes, it is. Hmm. And, um, that. and, um... It's playing a song, I think it's a song by the Beach Boys or something, but the song says something like Rhonda something, mm-hmm. but the distortion that starts happening in the radio makes it sound like it's saying Wanda, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you hear who, what sounds like the voice of Jimmy Woo. Who's Jimmy Woo? He's the agent that was in charge of um, Ant-Man during Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm. Uh, like, he was in charge of checking in on him. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's that that's him, and clearly he's now working for uh, Sword. Mm-hmm. And so he's maybe saying, he's making a cameo, huh? Maybe he's just making a cameo. It could be as like but someone working for Sword or something like that. Who knows? We'll find out. Anyway, and then, but and then he's like, and then like directly, there's no like distortion of the radio making it sound like the yeah. song is saying Wanda. He says he says, um, Wanda, can you hear me? Who yeah. is doing this to you? Wanda, yeah. can you hear me? A line that we heard during the trailers, mm-hmm. and now we see it in context. Uh, clearly, someone from the outside, from outside this reality is trying to make contact. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a Dottie starts asking, who is that? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, and then it explodes. Yeah, then suddenly the radio, like, burns up, and at the same time, Dottie, like, crushes the cla- the glass that's in her hand and cuts her hand. Yeah, and then red blood. Red blood, right, in the middle of this whole black and white uh, thing. And I so, wonder... of course, they're both staring at the blood, and they're both kind of, like, you know, in awe of what's happening. I wonder if they, I wonder if they see everything in black and white, and uh-huh. then, like, they see it colored, and they're, like... They probably huh? can't process what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was so. It would be so weird to think that if I was in a black and white world, like I wouldn't know. I would just think blood was a liquid that comes from my hand or like from my body. I wouldn't <laughs> think it was like red. Right. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's kind of hard to conceive of you know color when you've never seen it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, that's kind of what happens when, uh, you know, there's, like, color blindness, right? Some mm-hmm. people can't see color. And there's some glasses, some special glasses mm-hmm. that actually let them see. Have you ever seen those reactions on YouTube? Uh, no. I've oh, seen, you got you to look at them, man. Like, no, no, I've seen actually one reaction where this guy was colorblind. Yeah. Um, he, he plays Minecraft with colorblind glasses on. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like you see some of the reactions of people seeing color for the very first time in their lives, and they're like crying, man, because <laughs> they can't, they can't, they couldn't compute before the fact that they were missing. Like when they look at a sunset, mm-hmm. they weren't capturing the full beauty of the thing because they couldn't see all the beautiful colors. For mm-hmm. instance, right? So, um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like that. Like they're reacting to this weird thing that they maybe have never seen before. Um, then the the weird thing that happens, which 
ties right back to the weird dinner scene in the first episode is that we get when the cut happens, Wanda gives her this cloth and suddenly Dottie comes back, composes herself and mm -hmm. just tells Wanda, you know, what's great for uh, washing uh, blood off of linen. And she says something, something, something. And then she just walks away like everything's fine. Yeah. Like if this whole weirdness just didn't happen, suddenly it's like things are once again reset. I feel like she wouldn't know it was blood, though. Well, I guess she would if she, she would. just crushed yeah, yeah. the glass. And oh, like... and she said, what's the best thing to get blood out of linens? Yeah. Yeah. But but the important thing here is, like, what keep what is this thing that keeps on happening that it's mm -hmm. it almost seems like either something resets the situations or Wanda resets the situations? Yeah. Because it could have been Wanda that caused the everything, all of that to happen, the, the radio to burn, her her to crush the glass, like, as a, in a, in a, as in a way... Just kind of like pausing everything and resetting it. Making everyone think that, oh, it's all normal. Yep. Like and our radio did not just explode and yeah. somebody did not just call breaking the fourth wall and stuff. Exactly. And uh, it's almost like if she's fixing a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so yeah, things continue as if they're normal. Then we go and see Vision, who's hanging out with these dudes in the neighborhood watch thing at the library. And he's, like, asking them questions about, like, actual crime prevention and stuff and what their ideas are and how they help keep crime down. They're not actually there to talk crime. They're just there to gossip. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, like, a couple of funny lines are delivered, and eventually someone says, you know, oh, we should go get something to eat. And then Vision is like, oh, no, I don't eat. And they're like, what? And he's like, oh, I mean, I don't eat. Uh... Between, like. Between meals, yeah. 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 And then but someone starts passing around gum, so to not seem weird, he eats the gum. <laughs> then we get that funny little moment where we see a cartoon version of his innards. Yeah, with, like, cogs <laughs> and gears yeah. and stuff. And then the gum, like, it messes up his gears, like, turning them the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and so suddenly, for some reason, Vision's reaction to it is that he gets, like, drunk. Yeah. Yeah, and so now we go over to the magic show. And Wanda's, like, waiting for Vision to show up because they're up next. And then he shows up. And he's all drunkish. And then, basically, he starts using real magic, real abilities. And then Wanda keeps on trying to cover it up. Yep. Like, when Vision levitates, um, Wanda, Wanda's like, oh, better cover that up. And then she attaches <laughs> a, string, a string. Yeah. And she keeps on trying to, like, you know, uh, make it make it seem like it was all just, you know, illusion, right? Mm -hmm. um, but eventually, the last act in their uh, magic show is that they transport Monica Rambo or Geraldine yeah. into the cupboard mm -hmm. or the whatever, you know, shelf uh, closet thing. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. Everybody gives them, you know, a standing ovation. Everybody's clapping. Oh, you know, how great, how great, how great. Interesting things to note in the audience. And the guy's like, uh, for the children. And I'm like, for the oh, children. Oh, yeah, they do that whole for the children thing because supposedly the fundraiser is for the children. But, of course, for a town that is so obsessed with children. I We've never seen any children. Zero children. <laughs> yeah. Everyone talks about the children. There are zero children, not even outside. When we see the scenes outside, there's no kids playing. There's nothing. Yeah. Also, if there's a talent show, why wouldn't kids be there? They should be there seeing it, you know? Yeah. But there are zero children. Another person who is interest, uh, who is peculiar for his absence is uh, uh, Mr. Hart. Mm-hmm. Vision's boss. And Ralph. Which his is, which... wife 
is there. Mr. Oh. Hart's wife is there, but he himself is not, and that's interesting. Also, um, Ralph isn't there, who, which you keep insisting oh, yeah. exists. And Ralph, uh, Ralph is supposed to be Agnes's husband, or as you, or, she keeps mentioning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he like left her. Well, clearly he hasn't, because she talks about him like if she wants to actually get rid of him. You know, like when they're saying that they're going to disappear someone in the magic act, she's like, oh, you know, do you need an assistant? Could it possibly be my husband, Ralph? No, she doesn't say it like that. She says something like that. She's like, oh, you need a special assistant named Ralph, which she says it as if, like, he left her. I, no, he, no, she doesn't. Yes, she does. Oh, dude, dude, common sense. That doesn't, doesn't sound like that. I didn't come across like that today. Common sense. Anyway, the point is that she keeps on mentioning this husband that we've never seen. Yeah. Uh, no matter what scenario we see her in, whether visiting Wanda and Vision, whether at this show, whether out in the neighborhood, we never see her with her husband. Um, the magic act is a success. Everybody loves it. And then Wanda figures out what's happening with Vision. The gum is taken out. He comes back to normal. Then they're back at home celebrating how well the magic act went. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about, uh, what is it that they're talking about before? For the children. Yeah, I guess. Suddenly, Wanda gets up wanting to go get some popcorn. Mm-hmm. And when she, and Vision kind of stops her and he's like, Wanda, Wanda. And then suddenly she turns over, she turns to the side. She's got a baby bump <laughs> out of nowhere. So now they have made a baby somehow. I like literally, possibly materialized. Yes, a, a fetus. Very, very interesting. And she's showing a lot. Like she's showing, like she, like if she's maybe I don't know, six months into the pregnancy or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's big. Yeah, in a matter of seconds, and then suddenly, um, we get that moment where another thud happens, mm-hmm. another crash or whatever and happens. Then, and then Vision's like, if it's that tree again, I'm going to tear it out by its roots. <laughs> yeah. And then they walk outside and they walk out to the to the streets. And they see Mephisto. I'm just kidding. Stop I'm it. just kidding. I'm just and kidding. And then coming out of the sewer, we see this, this character, this person wearing a beekeeper suit. Which has um, two yeah. circles weirdly on the back, but also with like no, no, but it has the it has the sword logo on it. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. These these sword marketing designers, they just <laughs> these the people, branding department. The branding department is insane. Yeah, they literally do not know when to stop putting things. I think I think they beat they logos. beat Apple when it comes to branding. Yeah, like even like this. <laughs> This computer case has an Apple logo on it. For real. But they would put it on, like, the case itself. I even well have an computer. Apple logo. I even have an Apple logo on my hand. Tattooed. But, yeah. I put it on you when you were four years old. Wait, what? Anyway, so this beekeeper appears. There's bees, like, surrounding him. He turns around. There's a sword Suddenly, logo. by the way, suddenly the, the lighting changes again, like it did yeah. during that awkward d- like dinner a, scene. Yeah, it's like the series. The lighting, is... the cameras, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we see the guy kind of turn a little bit. His head, his face it, is really it dark. Ca- it kind of looks like the actor for Vision to me. 
No, it's not. It's some other actor. Uh, I already you saw, said he looks familiar. I saw the image. Yeah, but it's not who I thought. Mm. The the image uh, I've seen it already. Like like lightened up, mm-hmm. and it's it's an actor that I forget his name, but someone recognized him. But it's not anybody that we would like associate within the MCU yet. Mm. At least NEA. Um, I, I just... and then Wanda seeing this, and suddenly she just says no. Yeah. Like no. Tika the Iggy. <laughs> no. She they, says no, and suddenly you literally get a rewind. Like literally an old VHS rewind. Yeah. And then they go back to the, to the, to the, uh, uh, right back to their uh, living room when they just realize that she was pregnant. And then, you know, she says, is this really happening, Viz? And then Vision says, yes, Wanda. Yes, darling. This is really happening. And then. She touches him. And then. Color. Oh, glorious Technicolor. No, I am Tika the Iggy. Stop it. Starts appearing all over, and now Vision is fully in color. She is fully in color. Did the house turn into color? Yes. Yes, right? It was like um, it was like turning into color all around them, and they were like seeing it. They're probably like freaked out, <laughs> probably. Maybe, or maybe they're realizing that this was like meant to happen. Or maybe, think about it. What is bringing the color about? What is bring, making the color Wanda. happen? Wanda. No, the pregnancy. Oh yeah. Like the color didn't come into the into the into the scene fully until she became pregnant. Yeah, she basically all the chance of for the children, for the children, for the children. All the people asking them, why don't you have kids yet? Why don't you have kids yet? This With, show, without like them having kids at all, which is really weird. Right. The the it seems like the whole purpose so far of this reality that they're in has been to get them to the point of getting kids. Getting I feel pregnant. like I feel like that was I feel like that was just the point of the second episode because they didn't mention for the children at like at a single point in the first episode. I think that the first episode was a setup leading to this because if you think about it in the first episode they figured out okay this is going to be our anniversary this is our song together now we're we have rain so we're officially married there's no doubt anymore that we are a couple we are married the next logical step is what make the babies mm-hmm. so it's like or materialize the babies <laughs> right so yeah it, it's so interesting that like everything is really has really been directing them towards this point of having babies yeah and this whole scene with the beekeeper, really weird. Wanda was unwilling, and this is the first time that we really see that she is in control. Yeah, no. To some degree. No. She refused to have an intruder, whoever this guy was, she refused to have that intruder to, like, change the course of their story. And yeah. so that makes me think that the scene with the radio and Dottie cutting her hand, the scene with Mr. Hart choking... All of those were demonstrations of that same ability that she has to control that reality and to keep it going in the same course. Yeah, but also no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the show, the, the the episode ends with, once again, the screen kind of closing in into, into the hexagon, hexagon shape. And uh, Does anything show this time? Huh? I don't think anything shows this time. At the end, no. Yeah. No, it's I don't think like, so. It's the outro. Also, the outro is pretty cool. Yeah, I really like it, man. They did a really nice job with that. Like, it seemed like it was a whole bunch of, like, kind of, like, close-up pixel particles. Yeah, definitely, like, modern stuff that they definitely were not able to do back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Cool. So, let's talk about the ads. Yes, the ads. So, in the first episode, we saw an ad with this man and this woman. 
And the man came in and he was all talking about, you know, toasters. <laughs> and then he introduces us to this new toaster. And a model comes and she puts the breads inside, the, the woman. She puts the bread inside. And then it's really awkward for a moment. It's really awkward, but it's really awkward because when they, they click the toaster to, like, start toasting the bread. Mm-hmm. You hear the repulsor sound from Iron Man. Wait, really? Yeah, it's like a very low volume, like you know the sound I, that I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know his repulsor. It's like sound, an iconic sound. I didn't hear that. Yeah, man. And then you get in the black and white commercial, you get the little red light color, shining actually in color. Mm. It's very, it's very easy to miss it, but it's there. I rewatched the episode and I realized that. And then. The suddenly you like you have this weird pause where they're waiting for the bread to toast and the woman's face is kind of like looking really awkward and strange. Like mm-hmm. if this is this is odd, like this is uncomfortable. Yeah. And then basically the toast pops up and then um, and then it says and then like, the guy says something like the Toastmatic 2000 yeah. by <laughs> by from. Oh, Stark Industries. <laughs> yes. From Stark Industries. And it shows the iconic logo of Stark Industries. Yeah. And, of course, Stark Industries would have been around back in the 50s because, you know, Stark, uh, Howard Stark was around from you know since back then. Yeah. And more importantly, the Stark relationship to Wanda is very important. Uh, during the events of uh, Age of Ultron, the movie Age of Ultron, Pietro and, and Wanda, they tell Ultron their story. And they talk about how two missiles struck their home. One of them blew up and killed their parents. Mm. And the other one didn't blow up. It stayed there. And like they stayed hiding, waiting for the missile to explode. And it never exploded. But imagine the pressure. <laughs> staring at that missile that says Stark. And you're waiting for that thing to explode and to kill you just like it just killed your parents. And it just never happens. Hold on. Let me just suggest something that you just said. Yeah. Why on earth would they wait for a missile to explode? Because they, they feel like they cannot run it. Well, They're it, terrified. They're fr- I mean, think about it. If you're in that situation, you're going to be so scared for your life. You're going to be frozen. You're going to be panicking. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm about to die. 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 But then it never happens. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's where, that's where their hatred for Stark came from, that they were staring there at that thing, waiting for it to just blow up at any, any second, and it never happened, but it still killed one other one killed their parents. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I associate that with the weirdness of the, 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 the sound mm-hmm. of Iron Man's weapon activating. And, like, and it like taking the, the, the long weirdness. pause. Yeah, that awkward silence and pause waiting for something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Stark, buy this from Stark now. And <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, elevator music. Dun, oh, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. And then there's some kind of tagline with it that says something like, you know, this is your future now or whatever. Mm. And then basically uh, moving on to the next The second ad. ad. Um, which is all about bonds. <laughs> yeah. The second ad is uh, it's basically a commercial for a watch, for a fancy watch. Yeah. And it's like there's two things that make the man. Yeah. His woman and his Strucker. Yeah. And so they're calling Struckers the brand of this watch. Yeah. And he shows the watch to camera and the, the watch says like Strucker. But then down below it has a Hydra logo. Yeah. And it, and it says, says Hydra. Hydra. <laughs> it says Hydra. Like real subtle developers. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And so and then it's like suddenly the, the, the thing starts 
uh, ticking faster and faster. And then it says on a tagline as well, uh, it says, uh, he'll make time for you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strucker, of course, is the name of uh, the Von Strucker. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't a scientist. The scientist was another guy. Oh. But Von Strucker, who was the head of the Hydra base in Sokovia, where Pietro and Wanda were experimented on. Yeah. And so, of course, the connection of Strucker is incredibly important because he either gave Wanda her abilities or he unlocked her abilities through the use of Loki's scepter. Yeah. A.K.A. the Mind Stone. Um, by being experimented on. Mm-hmm. So clearly these ads, yes, they have Easter eggs involved and whatnot, but they're more related to Wanda than anything else. You know, yeah. it's like it's a part of her history. Um, so yeah, buddy, I think that there, this whole hexagon thing, hexagons, of course, being the shape that's so characteristic of a beehive mm-hmm. and the beehive dynamic the, yeah and the bee like the beekeeper yeah coming up from the sewer i don't I, know why you why would a beekeeper be in a sewer that was exactly exactly but i think that there is something it's almost like if when somebody enters this reality they take on some sort of form that they can't control mm-hmm. and it seems like wanda interprets it in some way and she has to react to it yeah so like monica rambo for example she managed to get herself in and she managed to be liked by Wanda. Yeah. Like she, it worked for her. Mm-hmm. But I don't, but this beekeeper guy, I think that he came in, but the form that he took was uh, rejected by Wanda. Yeah. And so she pushed him out. I think. I think it's the same thing with Mr. Hart. Mm. I think that he was probably trying to infiltrate and he was trying to make her snap out of it by asking, what's your story? What's your story? What's your story? She rejected him out. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Woo tried to speak to the radio. Boom, she burned the radio. Mm-hmm. Right? So it seems like these forms that the infiltrators are taking are not in their control fully. Yeah. Um, I, um, here's my theory about the hexagons. Okay. My theory is, you know how it's like the interdimensional travel with the hexagons yes. and stuff? Yes. Uh-huh. I believe, no, bear with me here, I believe mm-hmm. that Mephisto... Mm-hmm might have been from his realm in, like, the underworld or something. Okay. He might have traveled through time and space, went through the hexagons mm-hmm. onto our... Re- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> onto our reality yeah. and onto our Earth, and then went into... um went in to maybe find, like, a really powerful person or something like that mm-hmm. to, like, carry on his legacy or whatever, some, like, evil villain stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then he chose Wanda. It could be that Wanda or her children are the vessel that he's going to use to transport himself into this world. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same, pulling off of your whole idea of this being connected to the uh, space travel, to the dimensional travel thing. Yeah. You know, could be something like that. Um, My theory, though, related to the hexagons, because of the B imagery, is that this reality, whoever enters it, is compelled by the Queen Bee. Mm. Whoever the Queen Bee is, it could be Wanda. I'm not convinced that it's actually Wanda who's fully in control here. It could be another entity, a Mephisto, someone... And that entity is functioning like the queen bee in a beehive 
like the drone bees have mm. to obey. That's why they work so perfectly well together, right? Like they accomplish such incredible things. They build the beehives. They go and they get the pollen. They do everything like perfect little machines. Mm -hmm. They have to obey. And I keep on seeing that whole thing coming up in the show where people have to comply or else they're kicked out. Like Mr. Yeah. Hart. I'm know? pretty sure. Like there was that one weird comment, which I don't really know what it was about. Uh -huh. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't like one of those serious moments. Right. But for some reason, Vision was like, "Hey, I know something. Greg he is a communist." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, that was weird, right? Mm -hmm. It what seemed is... like really out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of strange. Which that's something you know, communism and the threat from Russia and stuff like that. Like that was something that was very much a thing in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. Um, but. But that seemed very odd, like, that he brought that comment out of nowhere. I wonder if that's going to have I more legs like, than that. I feel like them just being dropped here, they wouldn't know what that is. Who? Um, Wanda and Vision. Like, they wouldn't know about oh, anything. Oh, Vision would know. Really? Yeah, Vision, essentially, Vision knows everything. Like, yeah. whatever knowledge is out in the world, he knows it. Whatever's on the internet, he knows it. Mm -hmm. You know, because he was connected to everything. So, he he would know. Yeah, he would know. Uh, but yeah, man, very, very interesting first two episodes. This series definitely has my attention. It's It feels different. It feels like we're definitely going to end up in a more like MCU type of environment by the end of the series, I feel. Because, mm -hmm. of course, it's headed more and more towards like modern, you know, aesthetic. Yeah, it's going to be like next episode, like um, next episode is going to be like 70s. Right. Maybe next Now we're going to get color, right? So now mm -hmm. we're talking about what? I think that's supposed to be kind of like the um, the Brady Bunch mm -hmm. show. And then maybe in the 80s or 90s episode is going to be like Full House. Uh, right, yes. And then the 2000s, I don't even know. The know. 90s would end up being more like Roseanne probably. Mm -hmm, yeah. And I'm guessing that we're going to get all the way to the thousands, right? The mm -hmm. 2000s because... Yeah, it's really cool, man. Like, to, to, to think that we're just going to keep on getting more and more pieces of this mystery and seeing what the heck is happening is very exciting to me. I um, I definitely love the fact that Marvel took the risk of making such a different kind of show, mm -hmm. you know, because it just uh, it makes it feel like you're consuming something new while still it being in the same world. And I'm sure yeah. that this is going to set up, you know, multiverse of madness and all that stuff. Um, but it's great, man. And like having the Marvel fanfare at the beginning of every episode, yeah. just like we have at the beginning of every MCU film, it, it makes, makes it, it feel official. Yeah, it's like it, this is an official MCU. Heck it's yeah, gonna, man! It's change the whole game, dude. The MCU is back, and I loves it. <laughs> And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. We hope that you guys enjoyed episode one and two of WandaVision. We definitely did. And we're looking forward to this Friday, uh, episode three, and seeing what the heck happens when we get to the 70s yeah. part of the sitcom that they're trapped in and seeing what else is revealed. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the series and to hear your thoughts on Wanda and Vision and where they're headed. You can write us at g101podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at g101podcast. And remember, for all things Geekology 101, you can hit us up on our website, g101podcast.com. Until the next episode, for the children. For the children! <laughs>